understood in the curriculum. It's part of the curriculum to teach you about homosexuality. And the son said, I don't want to hear that. And the teachers began to bully him. They locked him up in a room and deprived him from his dinner. And then the boy reported the case. The woman went. She also is a governor of a school. She went and confronted them. And the school denied. And she found out that all the staff are homosexuals. And they told her, in our school, in our curriculum, we must teach people, all students, about homosexuality because it's a way of life. Some people are born like that. Now she now asked me, what shall she do in the point of law? Of course, I know what to do. I told her what to do. And we will do what the law requires us to do. But you know why I'm saying this to you? You were not in the prayer meeting on Friday. I don't know when last you came to the midweek service. If I ask you about Bible school on Tuesday, it's possible that you don't even come to church on the midweek. Some people gather here every day to pray for you. You are part of the church. You come only on Sunday. Now, hear the word of the Lord. Revelation chapter 22 verse 12. Shall we do it together? Read it again, please. Now, can I say something to you? Many generations have read this scripture and the Lord did not come. But I believe that I will not physically die before this scripture is fulfilled. Why do I believe? I believe because Jesus appeared to me 1999 and showed me what would happen in different countries which I wrote my book on. I announced it on my television program, some nations, date and time of what will happen. And those things have happened as God said. And if Jesus Christ, the last word he told me in that encounter was this, I believe that I will not die before he comes. I believe that this generation that Jesus will come. But let me say this to you. Everyone who have read these scriptures over the years, and Jesus did not come, and they have died, Jesus has come in their life. For when a man dies, Jesus has come. Because you will not be able to do any other thing anymore. This is the reason why I want to call our heart to wholesome reasoning. Christianity is not a religion. It's a relationship with the divine God. I want to follow me with your heart because I'll be brief today. If someone says that it's even real, I have been there several times. And I'm the evidence that it is real. Hallelujah, somebody. <laughs> At least if somebody had gone on a holiday in one country, he's the one who will tell the story how the country looks like, isn't it? Look at the scripture. It says, I am coming what? That's the first information. Jesus is coming in your lifetime. 
<laughs> That's the reason why Satan is fighting with those who believe Jesus Christ to disobey God, to disobey the word, to live a life they think, not the life the world says. Because when the trumpet shall sound first Corinthians chapter four, and the dead in Christ shall rise first, those who are in Christ and alive will vanish from the face of the earth, not those who come to church. And but those who are in Christ also come to church. I want to show you something today. Let me say this to you. That scripture tells you and I, Jesus said, I'm coming soon. That's the first information. He is coming soon. But what is he coming for? To die again on the cross? No. The evidence before us says to give reward. He says, I'm coming soon and my reward is with me. And I will give everyone according to what he has done. Can you click King James for me in that scripture, please? Authorized version for those who want to be authorized. And behold, I come quickly. And my reward is with me to give every man according to what? His work. So today I'm speaking to you on saved by grace, but saved to work. Saved by grace but saved to walk. Last week I, I shared with you, it is by grace that we are saved. But now that we are saved, we are not saved to be idle. We are saved to walk. Does the Bible say so? Yes. Because behind this statement on the board is that Jesus is coming again to give reward according to the works of our hands. When Jesus comes again, he will reward our works. Let me say something to us very clearly. The book before this, the chapter before this rather, in, the, in chapter 21, it talks about the coming of the Lord Jesus and it talks about books being opened from chapter 20 and a book being opened. And it says that the dead will be judged according to the books. And anyone whose name is not found in the book, which is different from books, if anybody's name is not found in the book, that person is condemned to hell, which is second death. What is the difference between the book and the books? The book is the book of life. Anyone who have accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, their names are written in the book of life. But those who did not accept Jesus Christ, the books of their life shall be opened. You and I know that if our life is to be brought to record, we can never be justified. No matter how good a man is, all men have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Romans 3, 23, wages of sin is death and the gift of God is eternal life. Romans 6, good. We are talking. Huh? So a book will be, will be opened. That book is the book that your name is written into when you accepted Jesus Christ. What about those who don't accept Jesus Christ? I'm so sorry. The book of their life shall be opened. 
No remedy for them. So says that what are you talking about? I mean, that is not justice. Oh, what about if they didn't know the Lord? Mm. I think in England, if you don't know the law and you offend the law, you will be punished by the law. Is that not correct? Ignorance of the law is what? Same thing with God. Because God, Jesus said, He is coming to give reward. And in this case, I'm talking to those who are born again. If you are not born again, you are here. I will give you a privilege to do that before you go. You must be born again. The Bible says that the past God overlooked the ignorance. But now he has commanded all men to be saved. Touch is for people who are born again and those who are not born again. But when those who are not born again come to church, you must not leave that place unless you give your life to Jesus. Because you don't know what happens to you once you leave this place at next door. Are we together now? So therefore, the statement of Jesus in this scripture is talking about to those whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. How do I know it? Let's go to the next verse. It says in the next verse, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last, the beginning and the end. Blessed are those who wash their robes, that they may have the right to the tree of life and may go through the gates into the city. The next verse says, outside are dogs, those who practice magic arts, the sexually immoral or perverse, the murderers, the idolaters, and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. Now, I understand from this scripture, therefore, that verse 12 refers to people whose names are written in the Lamb's book of life. Okay. If Jesus is coming back to judge the works of our hands, then what is the work, by the way? <laughs> or do we have any valid scriptures that points to the fact that we, got, we are safe to walk? Let's go through a few scriptures now. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8. It says, for it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourself. It is God's gift, not by works, so that no man can boast. Shall we read verse 10 together, please? For we are God's. You know why I read it? I am God's workmanship. Shall we read it together? Yes. Aha. Uh-huh. Now listen to me. That scripture tells you and I that God prepared some good work for you to do in advance before He saved you. When He saved you, there is a purpose for saving you. The purpose for God saving you and I is that you and I can do the good work which he prepared for us before we were brought to the kingdom. So which means therefore we 
All of us have to recognize and understand the good works now. There is a work for you to do in the kingdom. That is the reason why when you were born again, God did not kill you. If heaven is the ultimate, in the only reason, rather, is the ultimate, but if it's the only reason why we are saved, the moment somebody accepts Jesus, he should die. Isn't it? Come on now, let's talk. Because if that's just the essence of our salvation, the moment Jesus saves us, he should just kill us straight away. So that we just, we just leave the, this whole mess. All the bad news, like the parent now that all the lecturers are gays and they are forcing the child to want to lecture him about gay. See, it won't happen. There's another parent who told me that they wanted, they, they told his child to come and read Harry Potter book and there is another book of magic that they must read about witchcraft. A book on witchcraft, they must read it. It's part of the curriculum of English language. Alright? In England, London. I pity your generation. Those of you are just manufacturing babies now. Are we together now? You see why a person must not start reading law? Huh? Okay. Any of you don't know what you are sitting on? You will soon knock your door. <laughs> it is inscribed in the curriculum by Ofsted or education ministry that children should be taught witchcraft as part of English language. So a book on witchcraft, they will learn about witchcraft because they want to pass English language. I'm sure they will not dare tell a Muslim boy to come and do that. But to you Christian, they will chuck it into your nose. That's what's happening to you. Any of you don't know we are in a big battle yet. Hmm. Therefore, you have to discover the work God sent you to do. There is a work God created you to do when He born you again. If a man therefore is in Christ Jesus, is a new creation, all things are passed away. All things have become new. That's what is called born again. Now when you give birth to a child in a home, you feed the child, isn't it? You clothe the child, isn't it? You buy things for the child, isn't it? Go to school, you pay. The child will just stretch his hand. He does not expect you not to give him money. A child does not think, does my father or my mother have the money or not? If he has a need, it comes to the parents. And he must receive it. It is the duty of the parents to make sure that they have more than what the child will need. And many of us do not understand that the parents are suffering and going through travail to give us this financial help until when we now grow up. But when you are young and your parents are giving you money, then they will tell you to clean the carpet. Then they will tell you to wash the plates. Then they will tell you to wash the toilet. Because if they are investing in you, you must also work in the house. You can't just be taking my money and eating my food and then the rubbish is overflowing. You can't pick ordinary rubbish. You can't know how to clean the house. The whole place is littered. Okay? So, you are born into the family to be cared for so that you can work. Then, if you remain in the house and you graduate and they celebrate you and you now get a job and you are earning the job and your father will sit you down and say, you have to contribute to this house as well. 
Because everybody born in a house is born to be helped and to help. Now, if you have to do something in the house you belong to, as a contribution of your own work into the advancement of the house, how much more will you not understand that you cannot continue to come to church every Sunday and say you are serving God? You cannot continue to come to church day, day and night for years and you are doing nothing. Nothing. Listen to me. If you say, I contribute my tithes, we all do. I give my offering, we all do. But beyond your offering and your tithing, that is a work that is unique to you. That is a work that is unique to me. Come on, let me say something to you. In the house, every participant of the house has assignments in keeping the house. Any child who doesn't have a, a work to do in the house, they create one for him. If they don't create for him, he will create for himself. When a child sees everybody cleaning the house in the weekend, he too looks for something to be cleaning. Even where you are clean, you can go and take brush and be cleaning young children like this. If that is the same, if it's the way in human family, how can't you understand that you are not born again to be sitting on pews every Sunday, every week? A time will come that you will come to this church, you will find anybody there. And it's coming too short. May that day not catch you unawares. What about someone who does not understand what I'm saying and you are born again? I want to show you something. Is God selfish by allowing us to walk in his house or by saving us to walk in his house? No. Because God has ordained everyone that is a member of his family must be a worker in his household. Because God himself is working. Jesus said in the book of John, he said from the beginning of time, the father is working and up till now he's still working. Every day you go out, who protects you? When you are sick and you are crying and doctors shake their head and say, we can't help you. And you come back to life. Who is the one behind it? When your family is on the rock and Satan is putting you to pieces and suddenly peace comes and everything is normalized. Do you think it happened by magic? There is a God somewhere who takes care of you when you don't know he's taking care of you. And he demands that you two will do something. Not what you have in God, but what you got. God never asks you for what he has not given you. Okay? A person who is jobless cannot pay tithes because he hasn't got anything. So God will provide for you and then out of what he provides, you are given. If God did not provide for you, he doesn't ask you for anything. So therefore, what is your purpose in church? Now let me help you understand the phrase. The purpose of a Christian in church is determined by his death. I repeat myself, write me down. Your purpose for living is determined by your death. It is when you die that your purpose is determined. Now when you are alive, because your purpose is not determined in life, this is the reason why many people waste their life doing nothing. Until their life get to the ebb of age and they can do nothing more. Nothing any longer. 
May you not live a life of waste before heaven. Somebody is postponing what they should do with God. I want someone to stand up here tomorrow, I mean today, and call, call now your yesterday for me. So that you may relieve yesterday. That is to say that yesterday you did not do anything. You want to call it back. No, last year you didn't do enough to your life so, so that you may get you know, more blessed in your life. Now you want to call back last year and leave last year again with this year together. Does that happen? Every day you leave, you can never regain it till death and eternity. What you did not do yesterday will be left undone forever. And when the day shall come that you and I shall give up the ghost in our body, we shall have no time to do one more thing. If Jesus doesn't come, we go. But of course, he may come any minutes from now. This is very scary to me. Jesus says, as in the days of Noah, people will be drinking and eating, looking for business and running helter skelter, and they will be marrying and doing all manners of things, and the Son of Man will appear in the sky. He will put an end. Look, death is just a typical of the coming of the Lord. People plan next year, two years, three years, ten years time, labor for it and save the whole money and put all the energy into it, and the Lord takes up their life. Similarly, when he comes, we will be waking up like a normal day, having plans like normal day, even maybe plans for convention. Why some people will commit themselves to serve, and some people will just be like a daishika in the attitude. Then the convention will not hold, because the Son of Man has arrived. He has descended from heaven, according to First Timothy chapter 4. And the archangel shall blow the trumpet, and the dead in Christ will rise first. And then those who are alive, we shall be transformed. And those who remain who are not transformed, though they come to church, they are the ones that we need to tell the story. May that not be your portion. Somebody will look for work at that time, but there is no more work to do. If God saved us to work, Are we able to the task? Yes. How? Ephesians chapter 4 verse 7. It says, because he saved us to do good works, to each one of us grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. Everyone going, for, going to church looking for breakthrough. I don't think they will enter heaven. I don't think so. <laughs> don't let them deceive you. After all, those who teach breakthrough to you, they only make money off you. They are the only one breaking through. Ah, yeah, I tell you. If you don't understand that, you better know it today. Many of them have their eternity in this world. They have made up their mind not to have inheritance in heaven. So listen to the voice of God when he speaks. Grace has been given to each one. The word each one means each one, which encompasses everyone. Every ligament of the whole membrane is each one. You have a grace given to you by God. That is the reason why if you don't work, you will answer to him. What is the grace? Verse 11, 
It says to some he gave them to be apostles, to prophets, to be teachers, to be evangelists, and to be pastors. So everyone that comes to church belongs to one of these streams. You either belong to the evangel- evangelist stream, or belong to teacher stream, or belong to pastoral stream, or belong to prophet or apostle stream. Let me say this to you. Every Christian manifests in those chambers. Either or all. Okay? But not every Christian is a minister in those areas. You have grace. Because I can understand. I can't, I can't believe anybody who misinterprets the Bible. Because the Bible is, is so simple, a foolish man can understand it. It says to each one of you, church, which means everybody in church, have a grace. And the grace is in fivefold. So which means that everyone in church will have a trait in each of those folks. Some of you have pastoral type of heart. We meet you and we know you. Some of you can teach, good teachers. You have the ability to teach. And we know you when we tell you to discuss the word of God. When we tell you to live prayer, we know those who can teach the word of God. Some of you are, have the traits of evangelists. You're, you have a passion for souls all the time. Some of you have the traits of prophets. Even sometimes you just have a feeling about something and you say it and it's going to happen. Because you are in the chamber of the prophetic. Of course, apostle, there are some of you who are so bold. And you can't tell the reason for your boldness. Where others are afraid, you are extremely bold. Now listen to me. Every one of you here have a grace, a grace, a grace, a grace, a grace. From God given to you. Why? So that you can walk. But for your grace to walk, you need a gift. Okay? For the grace to work, you need a gift. And it tells us in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7, to each one again, manifestation of the Spirit has been given. Listen to this one. To each one of you, manifestation of the Spirit has been given. Grace to each one. Gifts to each one. And it says here, to profit others for the common good. Give me the King James authorized version for those who love that. I want you to see. Because this thing I'm teaching you, there are some people who just King James they use, and they misinterpret grace. Grace is not to work. Grace, grace is not to be received for fun. Grace can be received and it will not manifest. Many people in church have grace, but they are doing nothing. The Bible says, to each one manifestation of the Spirit is given to profit with all, or to profit others. What that tells you and I is this. There is something in you that I need. If you don't manifest it, you deprive me. There is something in me that you need. If I manifest it, then you are blessed by it. And you are my witnesses. Every one of you here in this house. The grace upon me had turned and made life easy for you. Some of you have been in ridiculous circumstances, unsolvable mystery, without telling me I pass beside you and I pick it up and I speak to you. This is the situation and this is what will happen. The next week things happen. 
Look, if I did not use my grace, how would that happen to me? Because the gift is given to profit others. Some of you have been healed by the gift. Some of you have been blessed by the gift. Some of you have been saved by the grace. Rescued, I mean. Somebody want to take a, a, a decision that will have end up in catastrophe. Thinking about it. We met. Let us pray. And God said, be careful the decision you want to take. Don't take it. That's the wrong way. Or I say, let us pray. And in my prayer, I begin to talk about what you are going through. I begin to talk about what your intention. I said, this is what you should do in the prayer. You do it. You escape regret. Why? Because somebody used the gift. Somebody first of all discovered his gift and then he used it. I challenge you. What is yours? Why are you not using it? Your gift is to profit others. Look, if you come to church like this and you do not manifest and you die, do you think you will not regret? You will regret because God will show you the gift is given you that you didn't do anything. He gathered dust inside you. The grace is given you. You never used it. And many people around you that that gift will have helped. And because you did not manifest, they could not get the help. And look at their lives. Look at their lives. Look at their lives. That's why there will be tears in heaven. And the Bible says the Lord will wipe up the tears because you will not be able to go back to the world and help the time. This is the time you can redeem things. Listen to me. The gift is to profit others. Now go back to the grace. Alright? If you look at verse 12 of the grace, it says, verse 12 please, to prepare God's people for works of service. So the grace of an apostle when you become a real apostle, God appoints you as an apostle or a prophet or a teacher or, or you know, or, 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 or um, uh, uh, evangelist. Those of us who are ministers ordained, we sit in the office. Those of you who are not in the office, you sit in the gifts. Your gift to profit other people, but my office, the office to train you for work. You see that now? The gift is to bless somebody. Can you imagine how many of you who have prophetic gifts here, the gift of prophecy, and you don't manifest? You will have been seeing vision, but you don't manifest. And you can imagine how many people around you are suffering that that gift will have helped. Some of you have great gift of healing. You don't manifest, and people are dying of sickness beside you. As well, those of you are doctors. If I was a medical doctor, I won't ask God for any other gift than healing. Because healing is easy. It says you will lay hands. It didn't say you will talk. When you really have the endowment of healing, a patient will come to the hospital in pain. As you touch the patient, the pain will vanish. If that happens to a doctor, any patient you touch, pain will vanish. Any patient you touch, cancer vanish. People who have been seen, diagnosed, people who are dying because of cancer, and you touch them and they, they revive. I'm sure that the medical association will give you something. People will pay attention to you. Every patient will be asking for that doctor. You didn't say what? So that there is nothing for them to argue. 
There is a gift inside you that you have to discover and you have to find to flame. So the grace is to build you. And that's what I'm doing right now. The grace upon me as an apostle, when I manifest a mystery, is to challenge your soul. And I do that. I love it. <laughs> when I hear God, I love it, man. <laughs> Someone said, I don't believe. That is good for you. Because you will see the performance. Hallelujah. It's not subject to your choice or belief. When the lion roar, who will not but speak. Ha <laughs> ha! Hey! Grace! It is the grace upon me that went to the land of Buddha. It is the grace upon me that penetrated the occult power. When I was told they were intimidating Christians, I said, I want to meet them. It is the grace of apostle. Someone says that you are crazy. Sorry, you don't understand. I am Godly. Here, where they are afraid to enter, I enter. I was telling them something in New Cross just a few minutes ago. I was teaching in Nigeria. One day, ministers, Pastor Dakwa was there. And I was teaching them about the supremacy in the name of Jesus. Talking about grace is to build you up so that you can walk. All these years I've been building you. Show me your work. You leave this place today, you must find something to do. As I was teaching, there were some deliverance ministers in the meeting. I didn't know them. And they came because they felt that my teaching is different to their teachings. I teach that any deliverance, act of deliverance that is different from the method of Jesus, I detest it. I don't want to hear about it. Jesus doesn't go about praying for one demon possessed for hours and days. Those who did it in Mark chapter 9, he told them that it's because of their unbelief. I can't put up with unbelief. Command a demon, it comes out. If it doesn't come out, then leave the place. Something is wrong with you, not with the demon. As I was teaching them about supremacy in the name of Jesus, and they came the other day to challenge me, a madman entered into the meeting. And that madman started coming from the back. You know, African madman is a real one. Mad, all the hair is entangled, white and violent. His eyes are all over the place. <clears throat> you know, and he was coming. Ah, ah, ah. He was, ah, ah, ah. you know what happened? All the ministers and that's like they fell over themselves. Hmm? I'm talking about grace is to build you up. Pastor Dako was looking at me. What I would do? I kept on teaching. And no usher could apprehend the madman. You go and stand before the man. He will just pick you like a paper and throw you. Oh, yeah, yeah, the guy is real mad. Torn rags. Half naked. And when he got to the aisle and he was walking towards me, I said, sit down. And he fell to the ground. And I said as I was talking. What's the difference between me and them? Me and those ministers who are running? They that know. How do you know your God? The word of God must richly dwell in you. 
I have discovered my gift. I have found out my grace. I have worked the work for the grace. And the grace is available to build up. And the gift is available to profit all. Because to me, how can a madman enter into my meeting when I was teaching about the supremacy of Jesus if it is not Jesus who wants to do experiments? To them, hey, it will break your head. I kept on teaching because for me, if a demon is so stupid to enter church when I'm preaching, he, it is the, the sermon he did not wait to hear in heaven. He wants to hear. I finished preaching, prayed for the ministers. <laughs> I pointed to the man and said, You devil, out! And the man fell with his head to the back. He was sitting down there throughout. <laughs> he fell to his back and it was like a corpse. I said to my son, Let's go and eat. And he took my Bible and we went to his office and I ate. Two hours I came back. The man was sitting down, fully dressed. Because when he came back from that, he said, why am I naked? They said, you are a madman. He said, I'm wearing rags. They said, yes. They took him to a room, removed all the rags in him. Asked from Pastor Dakbo, he was there. He's the one who drove me there. And they brought the man sitting down. When I came back, I saw the man in his full right mind. Grace teaches sins. Prepares them walk. The day I stood before you and I told you by this Monday, the economy of the whole world will crash. Sell your stock on the Friday before the Monday. And you woke up on that Monday and it was so. What is God doing? That grace manifests to build your faith so that you also can do, go and do the work that He's called you to do. Grace, build faith. Therefore, every one of you have gifts to profit others. But when you are called to the office of grace, is to build the people. Pastors should build people. Apostles should build people. Prophets should build people. Teachers should build people. Evangelists should build people to prepare them for the works of service. Why you come to church? To work. Not to sit down on the pews. You come to church to work. Not to say it's a good preaching. You come to church to work. Why are you working? I will tell you in a minute. A time is coming that no man will work. It has happened to those who have gone. Let me say something to you. Death should not threaten anybody. I have told you. When my time comes. If I die. When I die. If they put my body on the ground, and then you are coming to look at it, and you get there, you are crying, hey, I will get up from the den, I will slap you. Then I go back, I will go back to my, to my coffin. Eh? When I die, all the songs I sing when you are there, they are the ones you must sing to come and meet my corpse. Eh? You must not take Ashwebi. If you do that, I will wake up. <laughs> Hallelujah, somebody. 
The day I die, the Lord tarries, we celebrate and celebrate for days that I've gone to join the one who makes heaven and earth, who made the heaven and earth. But listen, therefore, that is the reason why daily I walk. Hourly I walk. There is no day I don't pray for all of you. There is no hour I don't bring you before the throne of God. You may not know it. You don't have to know it. I have to stand in my grace. And so that my gift can bless you. Some of you have in the morning difficult situation. In the afternoon it's peaceful out. You don't know how. Some people are praying for you. Can you imagine when you two are doing the same to others? How easy we will make our world. Can you imagine if there are 20 people here who have the gift of healing? How easy healing will be for all? Can you imagine when we have 10 or 20 who can prophesy? How easy will we know our future and confidence? Hundred who have word of knowledge. How easy we will have direction. But the fact is this. Is there anybody here who doesn't have it? No. They are absent. As long as you have accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. To each one grace has been given. To each one the manifestation of the spirit has been given. If anybody tell you you have nothing, let me say something to you. It's a lie. What about anointing? I have people bastardize anointing. I'm so happy that nobody can claim any anointing on earth that I cannot claim. There is nothing supernatural that has happened to any human being that has not happened through me too. Alright? And among my contemporaries in the world, I have an edge. Only few of us on earth have this age. To see angels, to go to heaven, to see Jesus several times. Not many of us have it, but I'm among those who have it. Having stood before the council of the Father himself, where the Father takes decision over nations. Coming back from there, I told you date and time and occurrence will happen in Nigeria. It was so. And yet I stand to tell you, the anointing upon me is the same with you. No man under heaven is more anointed than another man. The Bible says in the book of 1 John. The anointing upon me make me function in my office. The anointing, same anointing will come upon you. It will make you function in your office. You see, when I was a young man, I thought that my career is to become a millionaire. I read Lance Sylvain and Mappin Sensei like crazy. Okay? And I was on the way. Having practiced every aspect of engineering, surveying, highway engineering, design and construction. And then Jesus double-crossed me. And when he appeared to me, he told me, what you should do first, you now do last. I was not called because I felt led to go and work for God. Jesus appeared to me. Face, as I'm talking to you, he talked to me. Are you with me now? Let me say something to you. There could be some of you whose grace is to make wealth. 
so that you will be the financial powerhouse to send out missionaries to the ends of the earth. Okay? But the grace upon me is to be an apostle. The day I found out, found it out, and I stood in my grace, it became a blessing to many in the world. You must find your grace for you to become a blessing to everybody. But you cannot manifest your grace if you don't serve God in the little. God cannot give you custody of a high assignment if ordinary church service you are not coming. Prayer meeting, you are not coming. God has problem. He came to church in, on Friday looking for people who can speak so that he can move. You were not there. He came on, tu- on Tuesday to teach people the word of God to open their mind so that he can use them for others. You were not there. Then, if he called you to be a millionaire, how will he not frustrate you? Because if you are not there for the one who will make you, you can expect him to be there for you so that you can be made. Then he leaves you with your strength. Then you struggle and struggle and struggle and struggle and things will begin to happen. It will seem as if you have gotten everything at the last minute. Something happens, you lose everything. And you call demons. Let me say something to you. Nobody can tell me here that my head does not enter book. Are you with me now? Because for the fact that you know that it is a book, it is your head that knows that it is not a car, it is a book. So if your head knows that it is a book, then it has entered it already. Somebody says that my head no enter book. Who told your head no enter book? If you know that it is a book, you didn't call this one wire. <laughs> what made you know it? Is it not your head? Eh? There are some people you show book, they will say that, you say, what am I showing you? They will say that, uh, Slate. Huh? Those ones that had no answer book. You know this is book? Huh? You see your head no answer book. I was in Nigeria one day and a woman came to me and said that ah, man of God, pray for my son. He is the he is the best in my family. What should I pray? He said some demons are sitting on his brain. Yes. So, which part of the brain are demons sitting? And I said, the demon who sits at your brain is a useless demon. He saw your leg that is strong. He didn't sit there. He saw your neck that can carry weight. He didn't sit there. Then he went to sit in your brain. Because of that, you don't remember anything. What is the deliverance for it? Begin to read. If you fill the whole of your brain with books, you won't have space to sit down. <laughs> Joshua chapter 1 verse 8 is the remedy. He says, this book of the Lord shall not depart from your brain. This book of the Lord shall not depart from your brain. Ask from the man, the, the, the mother and the son. John 3.16, what does he say? John 3.16. Johanna 3.16. Ordinary John 3.16, you can't remember. And you say you are born again. How won't demons sit at the brain? It's not demons that sit at the brain, it's laziness. If it is thinkable, listen to me. You cannot continue to sit on the pews of the chair 
God don't like it. He didn't save you to come and be a chair addition. He saved you to walk. What is your work? Finally. You know that he gave you grace and he gave you gift. Hmm? So he now call you co-worker. Let's see the book of 1 Corinthians 39. Think what he says. Shall we read it together? Do you know something? Is this not cathedral? This is international. Do you want coffee break? Oh, yeah. I mean, here, I think they have a big, a long place there that they can give us drums of coffee. <laughs> when I say read Bible, and you look, everybody look, look, look. <laughs> The sister who sings Lukuluku, at least is not here, is Lukuluku in, in her New Cross church. <laughs> when I say read the Bible, you don't know what I say. I say you should spell yourself. Okay? Because it is God's spell. Every time you read it, there is a spell. Isn't it? From God. Better one, not witchcraft spell. Let us read the scripture together. Uh-huh. Did you see that? I am God's fellow worker. I am God's building. I'm God's field. Let me say something to you. If Richard Branson sat in this service, and at the end of the service, he just walked to one of you and said, Oh, I just felt something in me. Would you like to work together with me? He said, Work with you? Yeah, I want you to be on my board. So that we can rub minds together. And then you said, uh, excuse me, please. Who are you? Who is that Richard Branson? And you look at him, and you are sure he is the one. So, yes, sir. I will work with you. I said, don't worry. Email, he got your email. And he said he will send you a letter tomorrow. You know that... If you have gone to the door when it happened, you will run back inside to come and say, Apostle, your prayers are answered. <laughs> say, which of the prayers? Ah. This man who came here now, this is what he told me. You know, people like him will never say a word like that that they won't fulfill. That's what brought them to where they are, one of the elements. So we now begin to think he had told you that he will pay you. Don't worry. Don't worry about whatever you are or you are not. I will pay you this. You will begin to think of how you will change your house. <laughs> Especially if you are living in one bedroom flat in the corner there. And you will begin to imagine the kind of house now you will live. And if you are one of those that your car is the one that breaks down every to two days. You begin to think about how you will change your car. You look at your dressing and think about where you'll be shopping. You will begin to spend that hope 
because of the man. Listen to me. Then all the businesses that you have, now you are friends with him. You begin to think, ah, when I see him tomorrow, I will talk about this. I will talk about this. That hope you have, you begin to live in it, though it's not realized yet. Now God call you a fellow worker. That is why my confidence, where my confidence comes from. If God is my work, fellow worker, I don't believe I can fail in anything. Impossible. I can dare any business. I can dare any career. If God is my fellow worker, any good venture, I can dump my head. Listen to me. Someone said to me, everywhere I went, ah, Apostle, uh, how do you, do you sleep at all? Why don't I sleep? One of them said to me a few days ago, ah, Apostle, hey, I heard again that you have gone back to school. When did you finish one? I said in July. He said, now you are going back to school. Did you not say that you will not read again? I said, I said it. He said, yeah, but, 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 but. I said, but what? When I found out that the people who are going to attack Christians, they don't stop reading them. They are making great move underground. It is my field of education now that exposed me to their move. Because I had to read about some of the cases that affected them. And then I'm saying, I'm the apostle, the archbishop of the church, praying in tongues. These guys, tongues can't catch them. What can catch them is brain, knowledge. You don't pray in tongues over those guys. You don't go to court and go before judge and be going to say, That your machine gun will cease when they say court. <laughs> Hallelujah, somebody. And someone said to me then, you know, I said, but how, how do you cope? How won't I cope when God is my fellow worker? Have you heard that the brain of God was congested? Does he not think of more than 7 billion human beings on earth at the same second? Does God not think about all animals and he feeds all of them at the same second? If the God that is your partner, his brain is never turgid. His brain is never frustrated. What can you do that your brain can frustrate? Let me say something to you. Change your view. Change the way you think. Change the way you see things. You are a fellow worker with God. When I finish law, those of you in medicine, get ready. <laughs> Juju will be the next day. <laughs> if you know in medicine, eh? <laughs> listen to me. It says, we are God's fellow worker. We are God's field. How can he work in his field if the field is not available to him? God wants to work in you. You know, many of us have struggled 
I am telling you, this is the age that the church should glide. I have told you this for 15 years. This year you are entering. From 2000, I've been telling you. Something had busted in the heavenlies that should give ease to the elect so that they can excel in this season because of the end time manifestation. And you've got to cooperate with God. That's all he needs from you. You've got to be serious with him. That's what he's asking you. He's serious with you. He thinks about you always. Why do you think about something else? You call him, you want him to be there? Why will he call and you are not there? How long are you going to live that kind of life? You are his field. He lives in you because you are his building. Why is Paul saying this? Because Paul is about to tell you how your work will be tested. Look at the next verse. It says, I finish this and we stop. By the grace God has given me, I lay the foundation as an expert builder and someone else is building on it. But each one should what? Be careful how he builds. I call you to be careful how you build. Be careful how you build. Why? The next verse. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is who? Jesus Christ of Nazareth. I told them on this trip, one of the young men said to me that, Apostle, in one word, just say, what should I do as a believer? I told him, in one word, just make Jesus your mentor. Make up your mind you want to be like him. I vow to God. I want to be the walking Jesus that people can see before I drop dead. That's the reason why if somebody offends me, I will first think, does Jesus remember offense? No. So how can I remember offense? Huh? Somebody don't believe in me. If someone don't believe in Jesus, does he discourage Jesus? No. Because the Bible says even his blood brothers, John 6, did not believe in him. Oh! Someone was rude to Jesus Christ and then Jesus went way wire and you saw him punching people on the streets. He didn't do that. So, someone is rude to me, doesn't matter. That is his opinion. Jesus will not permit any external action to hinder what he can do. No external action can hinder what you want to do unless you decide to succumb to it. If your road is blocked, look for another road. If all road around you is blocked, stay where you are. Every tribulation have expiry dates. Every problem have expiry date. Either you pray or you don't pray. Some of them, they will just go away when they finish their work. Yes. So why will I make, allow, I failed last year, so I can't move on in life. Who told you that? Every failure is another opportunity to sit down and rethink and strategize. So that when I strike the same thing, I will not hit it bad and pass beyond measure. It's not another point for me to be sitting down. Oh, I wasted my money and I lost everything. Then, at least that money was not born with you. It came. Start again from the scratch, man. Make Jesus your mentor. Don't live by the opinion of men. You know, I don't. You are my witnesses. I don't. You know, some people have names. They call me in London. Mm-hmm. You can call me anything. As long as I can see angels, I don't worry. As long as Jesus can still appear to me, I don't worry. As long as Jesus is speaking to me, I don't worry. Why? What will make me worry is if I lose communication with all those things. 
Someone, seen, someone, someone went to television one day and he was saying that that apostle in New Cross, don't listen to him. Because he lied on television and I went to television and said, that man is a liar. Okay? He said, don't listen to him. Unfortunately for him, I had that message and I traveled to Nigeria. When I was coming from Nigeria, no, when I was going to Nigeria, when we got to the airport, behold the man who said, don't listen to apostle coming with his son and his entourage. And I'm coming on the opposite side. Aha! Bangba deku. Kedere bewu. I just spoke in tongues. Huh? So my people knew they had. So we were both coming. And when I got to him, yeah, apostle sir, apostle sir, apostle sir, apostle sir. I was the one who set him up in this country. They used to say in my language, if a, if a dog is mad, he will know the owner. Are you with me now? Yes, sir. Yes. I said, How are you? I said, Fine, sir. Fine, sir. Ah, he said, We are getting, uh, he said, we are, we, are, we are being blessed by your work. We are, we are being blessed by your work, sir. I said, Good, be blessed. I said, Just make sure you obey what I say. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And the son was standing confused. I said, May the Lord. Open your eyes. Amen, sir. And he now passed. That's another one. They invited me to a wedding as the chairman. And he was invited as uh, the guest minister. As they brought him to me and sat him beside me, I said, ah, Are you not this man that I've been hearing about? He said, Yes, sir. I said, You are a rogue. He said, sorry, sir. I said, the person, <laughs> the person I sent to you, did he not deliver my message? He said, he delivered, sir. I said, you are a fake. He said, sorry, sir. <laughs> I said, if you want salvation, see me in my office. He said, I will come, sir. I will come, sir. The person invited me in my son. He had everything I said. At the end of the program, I said, you call me your father, you invite a man like this? I said, I didn't know daddy. I said, you had him? I said, I know you won't come. He didn't come. <laughs> the end of him, some people got angry who he had duped in America, a minister, they came to Nigeria and they got gone and blew his leg to pieces. All his churches have been burned to ashes. They were setting his churches ablaze. Are you with me now? Jesus should be your mentor. Anybody who does not follow Jesus, I won't flock with them. Even if money is smelling in their body. I don't, if I want money, I go make money. My degree in Lance of Vain is still validated. I still practice. My degree in multimedia, I can go and get a job in BBC. My degree in law, I can use it anywhere. My certificate as a bricklayer is the best. If you make me angry and you have a fence, I will just come to your house. I say, Father, I command that fence to fall down in the name of Jesus. And your fence will fall down and I will put my card there. You need the bricklayer contact. <laughs> Hallelujah. Let me say this to you. Nobody makes you in life. It is God who makes you. 
That's why you cannot be unequally yoked with workers of iniquity. They have no blessing of yours in their hand. For the blessings of God make it rich without adding sorrow. Either they desert you or you desert them, you will get to your destination. As long as you are a fellow worker with God. And he said, if any man builds on this foundation using what? And what? And then? And then? And then? And then? That is the work. Some people in the church, their work is strong. They are the people who come to church once in a blue moon. There will be no blue moon in heaven. Okay? People who come to church when it's comfortable. Others are in church praying, studying the word of God. I'm tired, boo. But early in the morning, they go to their work. If they told them in their work to do over time, they will even ask for double. Yes? I'm not talking about people who are working at the time that the service is going on. If a person is in his office at the time of service, your heart will be connected to the church. Because you'll be praying right at that same hour. But when you are not in the shift, you come. Permanent night shift. Is a curse. I tell you. Permanent night is not good. There are some work that people shouldn't do. I think doctors will agree with me. If somebody just do permanent night, can it not affect some, some part of his brain and stuff like that? I think it will affect the clock of his brain. or It will affect, at least if it doesn't affect anything, it will affect his behavioral pattern. He cannot be loving to his wife anymore. And before you know it, katakata happened and the whole place is in shambles. Because when people are awake, you are sleeping. When people are sleeping, you are awake. Then of what use are you? Hmm? Listen, therefore, you must serve the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, so that he can serve you. If any man build, your work can be strong, it can be hay, it can be wood, it can be stone, it can be costly apparel, it can be silver, it can be a costly, costly stone. It can be silver. It can be gold. You know something about gold? There are some people, they will run and practice for four years only for one game. Is it the Olympics? And then every day they'll be running. They'll be running every day. Nobody chasing them, but they're running. Do you know one? The day they run in that Olympics, as they are all running and running and running and running and running and running, somebody will be in the phone, yeah, then he collapse. They give him gold. The other one, they give him silver. The other one, they give him bronze. All others, nothing. All the four years of practice, nothing. But you see, the one who has gold is a small medal. I had it when I was a boxer. I think I still have my gold medal in my house because I had gold medal when I was a boxer. Many years ago, 1972-73, I was national champion. All right? Maybe that's why I'm a rascal for Jesus. Who knows? Now, <laughs> but is it? Do you recognize that the one who won the gold as he was thanking God or praising himself, Nike will just come we will have you 
advertise for us. And please, don't advertise for any other person who will beat everybody. What is speaking? The worth of the gold. The gold may look small, but it worth millions. Then, Volkswagen will come and say that we want you to advertise for us. Mercedes will come and say, we want you to advertise for us. And then he will begin to build them. Whoever is the greatest bidder. What brought it? That little gold. The one who has silver too may have some smaller company who their own ability is silver. Because they don't have enough money to handle gold. And the silver will get. The one who had bronze too, they make some other smaller company like, you know, Devil High Street and stuff. And that's what they can afford. Are we together? But the ones who their work is not gold or silver, nobody knows them again. They will go back to their four years of training. So much more in heaven. If your work is gold, it it determines your worth. Your work is silver, it determines your worth. Your work is bronze, costly stones. Let me say this to you. And if your work burns off, regret forever. Regret forever. And when these works are likened to this, what is God's judgment standard? That is the closing verse. The next verse says, Shall we read it together? Stop. Let's read again. I can't hear you. Read it. No, 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 no. That's not the way you read it. My work will be shown for what it is. Continue. Mm-hmm. Did you see that? God's jurisprudence. You, they call Alfred Williams before the throne. I come before God. All my work on earth will just appear in my hand. And I go before the altar. The moment I read the prayers of the Father, Father, out of his throne, fire, it will consume me and all the works. I look at my hand. If it is so refined, good. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Emmanuel, come out. Get to the Father. Fire, go. The same fire. Elizabeth, come out. The same fire. Because God's standard of judgment is fire, equal and same fire, therefore man shall not blame God in his equity. What anyone that go before God and God send the fire and everything will vroom, nothing in his hand. Hey, all my life on earth, all my life on earth. And the Lord Jesus will come and will wipe the tears away. Sorry. 
Don't cry here. You heard my messengers. Said it. Where you are, that's what you'll be for eternity. The reward that you will get, it will be like passing through narrowly escaping. That's what the Bible says. If you read that verse down. Let me say this to you. This message shall be played all over the earth for all mortal men to know and to hear, to examine and to understand that the days are very short. This time you are still alive is when you can determine what happens to you when you are dead. Work when it is day, Jesus said. A night cometh that no man shall work. Someone is saying, I will work, I will work after, I will work after. God will make sure that that after does not take place. That's what is happening to Christians. God is fighting some Christians, frustrating them, and we are binding demons. Because God is seeking your attention, but you love money more than God. You love your body more than God. You can dress your body to, to come late to church. Dress your body that... Once we eat, if you want to dress your body, why don't you wake up early? Your work, your work, yeah? Your work before God is more important from all this shadow that you are chasing. After all, if you partner with God, He will make your business easy. He will make your business easy. Come on, let's stand up together. I want us to pray first for ourselves. Pray and tell God, Father, help me to work for you. Help me, Lord, to really serve you. Lift up your voice and begin to pray. Help me, Lord, to work for you. I want to serve you. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Lord, to use the gifts you have given to me. Tell the Lord. Help me use the grace you have given me. I have a gift. I have grace. Help me to work it out. Tell God. Let's pray for all our members. Everyone here. All our members all over the world. Those who are working at this time. Those who are in other nations. Father, help this house. To work, to work, to work. Let the spirit of working come upon us. Tell the Lord, help me to discover my work. Help me to discover my gifts. That I may be a blessing to other people. Help me to discover my work. That I may also build up other people. Oh, sovereign Lord. We exalt and magnify your holy name. In Jesus' anointed name, we are praying with thanksgiving. Father, I pray for everyone who is hearing me. Your voice is like hammer breaking down the stony heart. Your voice is like fire melting the joints of metal. Your voice is an arrow 
penetrating the joints and marrows. Your voice that I've gone out today, O oh God, let it work out in us a man that works for the Lord. Let it work strength within us that we may be able to serve the Lord our God. Let it work visions and revelation within us that we may discover the areas of our gifts and be resolved. In this end time, I want everyone who hear my voice on earth not to miss you. Let the entrance of this word bring life unto them. Let it bring light unto them. If anyone is under my voice that is that was sick, I declare you are made whole. Your migraine is gone forever. Your migraine is gone forever. The pain in your left eye is gone forever. I say in the name of Jesus. The Bible says in the book of Isaiah 33 verse 24. And in Zion, no one shall say, I am ill. For I will forgive the sins of those who dwell therein. And because we dwell in Zion, our sins are forgiven. So I cause every sickness to die from their roots. I cause every illness to vanish in the name of Jesus. For in Zion it shall not be said, I am ill. Every illness, hear the word of the Lord. In Zion it shall not be said, I am ill. For I will forgive their sins of those who dwell therein. By the blood of Jesus, sickness and illness, you are taken away. From the crown of your head to the sole of your feet, you are made whole. Anyone under my voice that demons are struggling with, I take authority over every, every evil spirit. You, you evil spirit are rebuked in the name of Jesus. I command you to lose all in the name of Jesus. God said to Moses, said to Pharaoh, let my people go. Let my people go. Let my people go. Let your fire fall and destroy every evil spirit. Let your fire fall and destroy every evil spirit. Let the fire of God from heaven fall and destroy every evil spirit. All the weapons of hell be consumed with fire in the name of Jesus. Let it pass through the bodies of people. Let it pass through their soul, O oh God. Let your fire pass through our hearts, O oh God. Leave man purified with your fire, Lord Jesus. Man is created to serve God. Every stumbling block of Satan that he has placed before you from serving God, today I declare their end. The counsel of Satan over your life is turned to foolishness. The Lord your God shall you serve. So shall it be. So it is. In Jesus' holy and anointed name we are praying. Somebody say Amen. Somebody say Amen. Put your hands together for the King of Heaven. Hallelujah forevermore. Tell somebody I'm God's workmanship. Created in God. To do good works. Which you have prepared for me. Say also to that person you are God's workmanship. Created in God. To do good works. That God has prepared for you. Amen. Let's take our seats, please, in the heavenly places. Before we...